Welcome to my podcast called Everything Sports. I'm your host, Blue, and today I have another podcast for you. This one is all about Shakespeare and our recent project. Not over yet, but this is how it's going. Great. We're having a great time today. Um, yeah, just talking about Shakespeare and our newest project. So, kind of the purpose of this podcast is to talk about what makes a classic. So, Caden, what do you think makes a classic? Well, when I think of a classic, like, think of something like, like that's old and, like, pretty famous. Like, if you're looking, like, nowadays, like, you know, like, if a new story just came out, like, you don't really think of like that as a classic. You only think of classics of like something that's like pretty old and it's like pretty famous. And your podcast talks about sports, right? Yeah, my nine podcast talks about sports. Yeah. What do you think makes a classic in sports or sports history? Um, like I think like maybe like make a classic in a game like like a, like a classic game like people always remember that game like it was a big game and like or something big happened in it. Yeah, or like an all-star. Yeah, or like the... An all-star would be a... Or a game for the championship that like sometimes call like the baseball, um, like World Series, the Fall Classic. So, oh, true. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good connection. I like that. I'm not super into like baseball and stuff. Yeah. But I am really interested in seeing how this driving question relates to all of our topics. So, Asha, what do you think makes a classic? Mm-hmm. So I was kind of thinking that it's like how we're looking at Romeo and Juliet right now and like even though it was created so long ago 
the ideas in it are still referred to today. And that's that's kind of how it connects to my topic about like, my topic is like relevant subjects and it's like, if something's a classic, it's, it remains relevant no matter how long ago it was created. That's super interesting. Well, as some of my listeners might know, my podcast is about traditions and things that are untraditional. And I think what really makes Shakespeare a classic is how some of the values are still the same, right? Like we still talk about, um, you know, marrying for love, for example, is definitely a tradition that we've kept in our society. But you look back and you see like Paris, who's like, how old is he? Like in some of the movies, he looks like 20 and the kid's like 14. Um, so that's definitely a more untraditional value that I find in Shakespeare. But do you think Romeo and Juliet's a classic? I I think it is just for the fact that, like, I, if it wasn't, and I don't think we'd be studying it in school right now. Hmm. And I 100% think it's a classic. Like, if you talk to anyone, I'm pretty sure they would know what Romeo and Juliet is or like the basic concept of it so I definitely think it'd be a classic I think even children like Romeo and Juliet yeah Mm -hmm. that movie is definitely a classic and I think it's retelling a classic story Mm -hmm. but I don't know if I think Romeo and Juliet is completely a classic I think if you look back on it now from certain points of view it's not a classic it's just horrifying and kind of boring like you have these two kids that are not like they haven't known each other for that long they both end up dead in most adaptations of the book or even the original and i don't think that's a classical value that we should be passing down to our future generations that's true like how i said like the ideas are still relevant today but some of them are outdated like by a lot like 15 year old juliet being in an arranged marriage like that young is just kind of crazy That sounds icky. I can't imagine being in Juliet's situation though. Mm-hmm. Where like you meet this person like one night at a party and like you're in clashing families. And like I think I would have really enjoyed Shakespeare to get to know the character a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And we definitely see who she is on the outside and a little bit of who she is on the inside. Yeah. But if we're talking about classical values, I think it would have held up even better and it would have been more interesting for people like us in high school if we knew who Juliet was like truly on the inside Mm -hmm. and I think it kind of uh we've been talking about how like Romeo and Juliet like connects to how teenagers act today a lot oh for sure like that's been a topic a lot in class and I don't think I think that's more on Romeo's side not as much on Juliet's side Yeah. yeah which is a little sexist if you look back on it Mm-hmm. giving more of a more character development to the male lead than the female lead yeah and i think yeah. like the the aspects of the male lead are easier to relate to today and then yeah. any like a lot of stuff involving juliet is really outdated yeah mm. so that's definitely more of like an untraditional value mm-hmm. that you're looking at in romeo and juliet but i don't know I also think it's interesting to think that Shakespeare not, might not even be like one guy or a real person. Yeah. Do you guys Some think Shakespeare the, like wrote all the plays or? I don't know. I think Shakespeare was a person. I don't know if the if he was like I, he's one guy, 
and not Shakespeare, William Shakespeare, not the name. But who knows? Like, I think the theories of other people, like, paying him for his name and, like, R.L. Stein. Do you remember those books? <laughs> like, that's not one guy. That's a bunch of people who all write under the same pen name. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't really think of more examples, but good to know that I remember my horror story books from <laughs> grade five. Um, yeah, it's like, yeah. That's very crazy. So that's interesting because, like, we talk, like, it's talked about so much today, but there's so much that we don't know, like, about, like, who wrote it. And we were also talking about, like, he was, he was there at the time to talk about, um, like, movements on the stage and, like, actions. So it was mostly just dialogue. So today when they reenact it, they don't actually know yeah. when they like the part where they kissed and stuff because that wasn't written down yeah, yeah or even if even if um we're missing some of it like yeah. what if in the one that we have they die but in the original one that shakespeare wrote or someone wrote under the name shakespeare they come back to life or something they could it could have a totally yeah. different meaning like i can see him incorporating more religious values into it there are still quite a few, but he could definitely, like, you know, totally change it up and start being like, these two people were Jesus reincarnated or something, and they come back to life, you know? And then, you know, maybe we're missing something like that that would totally change our perception. Yeah. yeah. And you could also think that, like, as time goes on, that might get even more confusing. Like, like way into the future, people look back at reenactments, and they look at no real and Juliet, and they're like, Oh, well, in this one, they don't die, but in this one, they do. And yeah. so then it's unclear what actually happens. Yeah, and then Romeo and Juliet gets made into a Baz Luhrmann film. Yeah, and the Baz Luhrmann at the time. <laughs> and then, you know, from all throughout that, all through history, they're gnomes. Yeah. You know, there, yeah. it could, could be lost of time. The story could still be a classic and keep, you know, stick with our culture. But, you know, there might we might lose things along the way. That's true. Like, if something's a classic, that doesn't necessarily—it means that it might—it might have sticked around for a long time. But like, the question of will it will it continue to be a classic, and how will it how will that change? Yeah. yeah. What could you see a more modern version of Romeo and Juliet looking like? We talked about this a little bit in class the other day. I think like the movie we're watching right now. I think that like kind of shows a more modern version of Romeo and Juliet, like the. I forget the name of like the the Baz Luhrmann one. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the Romeo plus Juliet one. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I think that shows like kind of a more modern version of Romeo and Juliet than. It shows a more modern version of it, but he kept the same language, which yeah. I found really, really like a little bit hard to listen to when yeah. you're seeing conflicting images. I think you're seeing a modern version of Romeo and Juliet, and you're still hearing old Victorian language. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it would have gone way better if you just use like normal modern language mm-hmm. way easier to follow but, as well yeah you might be straying a little bit far from the story though mm-hmm. like if yeah. you change all of the words true yeah i think in a modern version of romeo and juliet like straying away from the story is like a really easy thing to do because like we were saying like a lot of things are really outdated in it like arranged marriage is not as common anymore yeah and so um in like a modern version things like getting married in the same night and a 
15-year-old and being in an arranged marriage yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense. And yeah. I like, like, some some things like that were explained like in the in the uh, nineteen nineteen nineties or the newer yeah. version. Yeah. The Basil and Yeah. In that one, they explained some. They explained one part of it that didn't really make sense in a modern version with drug use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. That did feel quite stark. I know we were talking about a little bit in class, like what, how would we change Mo- Romeo and Juliet to be a more modern version? And I think Basil and then went a completely different way than I would have. I think like, it would my... like, be hard to like recreate it nowadays because like there's so many things that like. Like, I don't feel like nowadays people would make them die, and I don't feel like, obviously, like, nowadays there wouldn't be an arranged marriage. I think if someone tried to recreate it now, it'd be, like, it'd be so much different. Yeah. Well, in my example, I I wanted to include a more, um, a more modern theme, but still keep the ones that Shakespeare decided to have. Mm-hmm. So, like, I kept, I kept the same characters, except I made Romeo a girl. And so Romeo and Juliet were lesbians and they were falling in love with each other, but they weren't out to their parents. And so I think that brought in a more modern take of like, I'm like, I'm gay. I don't want to marry this dude. He's older than me. I don't, I only want to marry Romeo, Mm -hmm. you know, and just having like, having that, but have the similar, have a similar story, Mm -hmm. I think would be a super interesting way to do it. Yeah, I like that. And I think, if you change too many aspects in it, it like goes too far away from the story. Yeah, so just lose the story. Yeah, by just changing like a small thing, like the gender of one of the characters, like that changes a lot and makes it more modern, but doesn't change like what the story means, which I think is good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Why do, why do you think people like Shakespeare? Like why has Shakespeare become you know, you think about history class or English class, you think about, like, what are we going to study? Like, classical literature. Okay, who, who writes classical literature? You've got, like, Shakespeare, you've got, you know, other classical writers, but what makes people like him? Like, mm-hmm. because he, I, I was thinking about it a little bit the other day, and I think I like him because he's an underdog. He started, you know, at the bottom, with his family you know his dad made gloves (laughs) which you know he got a little bit of an education and he rose up and became this like super amazing writer if assuming assuming that's what he did you know we're going with the historical version of it Mm -hmm. but i think i think at the time he was doing something different and that was like interesting to people yeah and then actually what's it i wonder what what how it changed from being like a big thing in like their time like shakespeare was part of their time and that was like really interesting to them to being like how did that shift from becoming to becoming a classic like where did that change yeah mm-hmm. that, yeah that's a really that makes question yeah well i think shakespeare also has a very distinct tone in his writing and not just because of the, you know, posh upper class Elizabethan um, way that he wrote, but you know, you can read something and be like, oh, this was Shakespeare. And I think for some people, that means that they don't like it, right? Mm. Like lots of people. Well, I feel like, like nowadays people don't like him because they don't like understand like 
really what's going on with the language and stuff. Like people are just like, oh, this is this is boring. It's not like fast-paced, action-packed story. Yeah, the message gets lost because people can't understand the language. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a big problem nowadays. Like with people trying to read classical literature, like Shakespeare, is that we almost need it translated into modern English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when we go through the different parts of the script, I think. We don't just read it and we all understand. We have to like go back and be like, okay, what does this mean? Yeah, and, so you yeah, can really under- like, understand the story. Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting. Like, you can also look at it almost from like a sports perspective, um, where some people can, you know, watch a basketball game or a baseball game or whatever and just understand what's going on on the court. Mm-hmm. And for some people, you need those, you know, announcers and commentators yeah. to explain some people are totally what's lost. going on. Yeah. And I think it's super helpful to have someone like our teacher in class, like being that commentator. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. That's yeah. a really good point. Yeah. It's a good connection, actually. And I think like because we don't have very many people nowadays that can act, that can like fulfill that role you don't see as many people enjoying Shakespeare in the same capacity because it is a lot of work to try and understand this language yeah. and you kind of can read you know a quarter of an act and then have to go back and try and analyze it for it to make sense yeah, yeah. I know like a lot of people who are like studying Shakespeare in high school right now and everyone I talk to is like a little bit annoyed because they just don't understand what's going on and they're like oh I have to read this it doesn't make sense yeah. and I think if it was more, if the language was more understandable by people our age, then maybe there'd be more people who are interested in it and like loved it. Yeah, I, I yeah. personally, if the language is more like easy, easier to understand, it'd be way more like, it'd be way more enjoyable to actually read. But like, on reading and stuff, it's like, it's not really that enjoyable. Cause like, you just always like, what does that word even mean? I think that kind of goes back to our, you know, driving question, which was what makes a classic. And I think what really makes a classic stand the test of time is that it's appealable or it's appealing to the masses, mm-hmm. right? And if people can't understand it anymore, it starts to fade away without people fulfilling the role of commentator or someone who can explain and someone who actually understands. Yeah. I like that, but I also think that people disliking it could make it a classic as well because if there's a bunch of people who like are strongly against Romeo and Juliet and they're like, oh, this is so dumb, they both die in the end, it doesn't make sense. Like, there's still conversations being had about it. Yeah. So yes. I think that it, it kind of stays relevant in that way, even if people don't like it. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. Well, this has been a super interesting conversation. I loved hearing both of your examples and talking to you both about what makes a classic. Um, it's also super fun to talk about if Shakespeare is real. I always love having conspiracy theory chats with yeah. people. Yeah, so like thank you both. Yeah, thank you for co-hosting and yeah, answering you. the question. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, yeah, and I guess this is the end. Yeah. Guys, we did it. It's done.